Welcome, everyone. My name is Michelle Kremser with LTUS, and this is Head to Head. Hi, my name is Michelle Kremser, and I'm with LTUS in Stuttgart. Today, I'm here with Kanduk Kurig, and she's with Elta Rhein, which, uh, where do you live, Kanduk? I live in Hennef, which is um, near Bonn, Bonn being the former capital of West Germany. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, when did you first get involved with your Elta organization? I first got involved with my association at the end of 2019, so uh -huh. I officially took over as coordinator um, in 2020, Corona year. Wow, okay, so events in Corona year, we all went online, it was crazy. <laughs> was this your first in-person um, ELTA conference since, or workshop since, you, since we got back? No, um, I had one face-to-face -face event just really three days before Germany went into lockdown in 2020. Mm -hmm. Then we had nothing face-to-face -face until December last year, so we had an Elta Rhine social event, mm -hmm. end of year event. So that was in December last year in Dusseldorf. Okay. But in terms of a workshop, like real proper workshop, this is the first, really. Wow, and I feel so fortunate to have you here. I'm so honored to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, today we talked about grammar as a fifth skill. Where did you come up with the idea for, I mean, because as a teacher, grammar is always something that we're dealing with, but it's, to be as quite a product. Yeah, yeah. To be quite honest with you, grammar is something I cannot stand. I know I need to use it. I cannot stand it in three languages, which mm -hmm. I'm fluent in. And so for me, it's like I, I understand I feel my students' pain. Yeah. So your idea with grammar as a fifth skill, what is it if you could just sum yeah. it up? Well, first of all, it's not my original idea. Um, it's from Diane Larson Freeman. Okay. And also Scott Thunbury later when he wrote Uncovering Grammar, he also talks about grammar as a verb, so doing grammaring rather mm -hmm. than grammar as a product, you know, those little pieces of language um, in language. Um, I looked into that and the concept appealed to me because I teach young people on a teaching degree mm -hmm. program. Okay. So they're going off to teach English, right? So they cannot do away with knowledge of grammar. They have to have, you know, not just knowledge of language and use, using grammar, but they need to know things like form, things like meaning, and things like use. Right. And my problem initially when, when I started teaching on the program and on that particular course for the trainee teachers was, um, how do I explain all that aspect of grammar to them? How, you know, how can I, they know that they need to know more than just what their gut tells them is correct. So I, I, I looked through a lot of textbooks, a lot of textbooks. I think the most common one in Europe that we know is that um, Grammar New Series from Cambridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> and that's, um, that's very much form, right? right. Form right. and very meaning-focused practice. And you could get, and I've seen it with so many students, and you probably know, know it yourself. You give them the exercises, they go away, they do it, the answers all come back correct later on when they're speaking freely in their And groups. they have no They've idea no, how to use They've it. Not not in practice. It's, yeah, it's exactly. something completely different. Um, and so I needed a more effective way to teach grammar. And um, then um, I had a look around and um, 
the Diane Larson Freeman book really right. stood out. I mean, uh, initially the concepts, form, meaning, and use, they were really fuzzy to me, but what helped then was um, at, each, at the end of each chapter, um, they had suggested activities okay. that were for form, and these weren't activities that they had introduced, but they made reference to other books like Penny Orr's um, Grammar Activity book or stuff from other authors, and they said, so this activity is more focused on form and so on. And that, that got me really interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. I also uh, reflect and use a lot of times um, the use of English part of the Cambridge exams mm. because it's so, it's, it's grammar oriented, but it's not grammar focused. And no, it's not used focused. Yeah, it's used focused, know. exactly. And so it, it becomes, uh, the students start to see, ah, okay, I have to do it this way. Why? Because otherwise it doesn't make sense or you something is lost in the meaning or it means something completely different. Yeah. You know, when you teach someone, um, uh, she stopped smoking as opposed to she, she stopped, stopped to, to smoke. smoke. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, they're two yeah. different things. It's not the yeah. same thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's something that is very important, but nobody likes it. Yeah. And so um, interestingly, though, and it's something that we had in the conversation as well, is that students or learners like to hang on to the grammar rules. It makes them feel comfortable, comfortable, <laughs> confident, safe. You know, warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy in that knowledge that they've got it. Um, but what they forget, and I think they realize that they forget it because uh, you have the very same students who probably have all that knowledge, but then they come to you into class and they say, I really can't speak. I, I really don't know. I've forgotten all the grammar. You know? Well, not only do you forget the grammar, but if you're if the pathway from your brain out your mouth has never been formed, uh, you're not going to automatically produce it just because you did some exercises on paper. That's a completely different function. Yeah. Um, there's a, a really nice analogy that I read in Scott Thornberry's book. He says, it's like an omelette, right? So I make an omelette and I give it to you and you eat it and you, you, know, you try a piece and you go, wow, that's really tasty. Can you tell me how to make it? And I say, yeah, here you go. I'll cut up the pieces for you. Here, have a look. That's an omelette. You're not going to be able to put it back together to make an omelette. And no. that's exactly what it is. You know, you, you have language. You break it up into its pieces, into its grammar. Um, individual grammar pieces into his vocabulary, punctuation, whatever, and you give it to the student, they're not necessarily going to be able to reassemble it. Right, and I always find that uh, a good, ah, a little bit of grammar base is, you know, yeah. is, is they have to have a little bit yeah. of grammar base. But uh, when you're really going to like up the levels, then you really need to focus on how you use it. And meaning, it comes through meaning, meaning and use distinctions, yeah, exactly. And practice and yeah. forming those. And they have to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is something that you can't get away from. And in fact, making a decent mistake, the best mistake I ever made was when I was learning Spanish in Spain. Um, you know, the word in English, embarrassed, mm -hmm. means, um, you know, that you, something causes you to feel uncomfortable, and so your face turns red, and you, right? And there's a word in Spanish that sounds very similar, embarazada. Okay. And you can have a situation in Spanish that's that and means that meaning, but if you say, I'm embarrassed, literally, in Spanish, you're telling someone you're pregnant. Ah, Okay, okay. Well, and I did this, and my teachers fell off their chairs laughing. And yeah. I got to tell you, it was the best mistake I ever made because I had never made that mistake again. <laughs> yeah. 
but, so, but I mean, there mm -hmm. you go. It's it's that distinction. You know, when 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 do you need to correct an error, and at what point in the discourse or in the lesson? So we have you know the student who says, "I play tennis every Tuesday." Andy, he played tennis every Wednesday, and so on, right? Um, the meaning is still clear. There's no ambiguity about it. Mm -hmm. But if we had somebody who came up to you and say, um, Miss, um, I can't come to class tomorrow. Um, I'm visiting my aunt, and I'm going to visit my aunt, or I will visit my aunt. I mean, there's three different meanings yeah. in there. And, and students, yeah. that's what students need to know. You know, as you get you know, to a certain level, they need to know the meaning distinctions because it's more than just about expressing yourself, but really, you know, what are, what is the intended meaning that you're trying to make? Sure, in especially that communication, right? Yeah. And especially if you're teaching the teachers, yeah, because yeah. if they don't get it, the kids will never get it. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So um, another thing, what is it about being a member of Elta Rhine and also being on the events of it? What do you think is so special about that? What is, what is it that the Elta organizations in general give to you? Um, well, um, definitely one thing that I've learned through being a member of the Elta organization and an active member is that it's helped me develop a different set of skills. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, um, in my regular day job, I teach, I manage my own time, um, I meet deadlines, whereas with um, working with ELTA, if, if you're looking for something challenging, if you want to you know, develop your skill set, you learn so much. Time management, working towards a budget. Producing um, a video. Producing a video, <laughs> um, working with people that you ordinarily don't work with and having sure. to get along with them. Right. You know, um, I don't necessarily, I'm in the fortunate position where I don't necessarily have to get along with my students because they have to be in my class. Um, in the context where I work, you work alone. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your set classes, you do your own marking. Um, you can take three weeks on your 100 essays or you can take six weeks. Nobody's going to, you know, Nobody. chase you up mm -hmm. on that. But um, working in a team, working in an organization really helps you be mindful of these things and, mm -hmm. and helps you, well, for me anyway, it's helped me learn about how things run and and otherwise um it's the, the networking aspect. yeah the yeah, networking, the networking meeting meeting people and it was lovely to meet people face to face people that i've only ever met online okay. or <laughs> not even met online just had an email with their name in it right well, andy <laughs> right exactly our, our cameraman and yeah. uh, producer extraordinaire andy aramati um, yeah, it's 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 very for me. I find it um, ne the networking, the the skills. There's a lot of business skills that I've had yeah. to develop. Um, just been you know through working with the organization and now as chair, it's it's completely different, and yeah. I find it very inspiring. And I, I'm for me, I'm happy to give something yeah. back. I know all of our members cannot be the people who are part of the committee and are doing all of the mm. back end stuff of this. But um, yeah, but they also have a lot of input in, yeah. I think. I think membership is really uh, important because the, you know, we have these workshops where you can keep up on your professional skills yeah. and then you meet new people. We get contracts yeah. a lot of time referenced um, from other people. So this yeah. is, I think, it's, a good thing. It's a, it's a true community. It's a true village, you know, community yeah. of practice. I remember, you know, when Rachel had her thing and, and everybody right. helped and there was so much support um, here, you know, how new members are so welcomed and, you know, seasoned members keep coming back. And 
when you think about where we are also in Germany, you know, IOTEFL is so far away, it's the umbrella organization. Um, this is local. You know, that's right. Local. I think that's that makes a difference. This I think uh, it's great to be part of IATEFL as well, but um, it, it's just such a massively huge. Yeah. I have a hundred-page booklet to go through for the work for this, you know, seminar for for next week, and right. and I have no idea. I'm, I have to see what I'm going to to go see. It's just so much. Yeah, and here exactly. we get to pick and choose what's good for us in our areas. Yeah. And the, our members actually can input and let, I'd like to see this person. Yeah. Can you get them? Yeah. That's yeah. great. And I think there's just also more dialogue in a smaller workshop. I mean, we had 13 online today and there was granted not as much dialogue as we would have had if it had been purely online. But, you know, depending on who the people are in the Zoom room, depending on who the presenter is. Um, small groups, you can have that dialogue. And there was such a good buzz. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. This was our head-to-head -head interview with Kando Kurig uh, after her workshop doing uh, Grammar as a Fifth Skill. Thanks for coming. Thank you.